Good morning, church. Good morning. I'm excited about today. This morning we're beginning a brand new series. This series called Make Ready. And that's what God's calling us to, is to, to make ready. You see, God's not finished with any of us yet. There's still breath in our lungs for a reason, for a purpose. And God's called us to make ready for what God's preparing for us. And so kind of a theme in this series that you're going to hear over and over is this, is that God is preparing you for what God is preparing for you. God is preparing you for what God is preparing for you. And God's writing a beautiful story in you. And I truly believe the best in your life is still to come. But God says prepare now. Make ready. And so in our series, we're going to go old school. We're going back to the Old Testament. We're seeing a guy named Moses. And God spoke through Moses to his people back then. And I believe God's going to speak to us today. And I truly believe this series is going to be a life-impacting series for all of us. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29. Now, Deuteronomy is like toward the front of your Bible, okay? So you can go back there. There's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And we're going to see Deuteronomy chapter 29. Now, if you don't have a Bible, we've got some free Bibles. Love to give you one. We'll also put the scripture on the screen. And if you have a mobile device, you can access the scriptures online and, and dialogue with us kind of as we see God's word come to life, I pray today. Now, as you get to Deuteronomy 29, let me just set the stage for you. Let me kind of give us some context as we dive into God's word today. So let's go back to the very beginning. Genesis chapter one, God created man for a relationship with him. So if you ever wonder why you were created, you were created for a relationship with God. And, and that's when life makes sense, when we get this relationship right. And everything was great for two chapters, right? Genesis 1 and 2, and then Genesis 3 happens. And, and all of a sudden, there's sin, right? Man says, I'm tired of living your way, God. I want to do it my way. And sin enters into the world. So now we have this relationship that's broken. You've got a holy God and sinful man. But here's the good news of the gospel. It's this, that God didn't give up on them, and God doesn't give up on you. No matter what you've done, the mistakes you've made, God has you here today so that you can hear from him that he loves you. That he has a plan for you and a purpose for you. And so God set into motion a plan to redeem mankind. He called a guy named Abram who was living off in the earth of the Chaldeans and said, Abram, leave your country, your people, and go to a land I will show you. And so Abram does, right? He trusts God. He follows God. He goes on this journey with God, and he comes to this land, and God says, I'm going to give all this land to you, and your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars of the sky. And from you, I'm going to bring the Messiah, the salvation of the world who will pay the price, who will bring this union between me and man together. And Abraham's like, yes, you know, and so there he is, there in this land. And God starts giving him kids, and there's generations that come, and then finally there's a famine in the land, and, and so the people go off to Egypt. And they go down to Egypt there, and they stay in Egypt, and, and things are good there while Joseph is kind of in power, and he's one of their own, and things are good. And then a Pharaoh comes to power who knows not Joseph. And the Hebrews become slaves. And they're there as slaves in Egypt. And they start to call out to God. God, we need help. We need hope. And so God raises up a guy named Moses. Moses. Now here's the incredible part about Moses. Moses grew up there, right? He grew up there in Egypt. And, and, and while he was a little child, uh, God protected him. And he was actually raised in the palace. He was raised in Pharaoh's household. So he had the best schooling of the day. He was brilliant intellectually. He was trained in leadership. He was trained in war. He was trained in all those things. And, and later on as he grew up, he realized, hey, I'm not Egyptian. I'm a Hebrew. 
And God has a plan for my people. And one day he sees an Egyptian, you know, kind of abusing a Hebrew out there. And he looks both ways and he kills the Egyptian. And then the Egyptians realize, hey, wait a minute. This guy's really for them. And so all of a sudden Moses has to get out of town and he goes to the desert. He lives in the desert for 40 years. For 40 years. And sometimes you may find yourself in a desert. Maybe you feel like you're in a desert today and you just kind of wonder, God, why am I here? God, do you see? Do you care? What I want you to get is this, is that God even has a purpose in the desert. Because when the Hebrews back there started calling out for a deliverer, God called this guy Moses. He says, Moses, you come back. You talk to Pharaoh. You know the language. You know the culture. You know the custom. And you know when I deliver my people, you know the way for them to walk because you've been living out here. I've been preparing you for what I've been preparing for you. God is at work in your life right now, even today. And so the people called out. Moses comes in, says to Pharaoh, hey, God says, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no way. You know, I got all these slaves. It's great. And God says, okay, well, watch this. You're going to quickly realize that I'm God and you're not. And after 10 plagues, Pharaoh says, you're right. You're God. I'm not. The people can go. And so a million people come walking out of Egypt, led by Moses, who's been in the desert before. And he takes them on this journey back to the promised land. And they're going back to the land that God gave to their forefathers. They're going back there. You can imagine people who have been slaves. You can imagine people who've been in the desert. They can't wait to get back there. And then they come to the Jordan River, and they're there, and they're standing on the shores, and they're looking over into the promised land, and they say, wait a minute. A lot of things may have changed there. (laughs) We've been gone for a long time. Let's send some spies in the land. And so these 12 spies go in the land, and they come back, and they go, you guys, you're right. A lot of things have changed. In fact, 10 of the spies go, there are giants in the land. And we look like grasshoppers compared to them. I mean, there is no way we could go back in there. But two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, go, are you kidding me? Look what God's done. God took us out of Egypt. We were slaves. They had the big army and the chariots and the whole deal, you know. And God delivered us from there. He's going to be with us. Let's go forward. But the people rebelled against Moses and against God. And God says, hey, you don't trust me yet. You need to spend some more time here in the desert. And so for 40 years, they're in the desert. For 40 years, they're in the desert. And when you pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 29, they're now back at the Jordan. They're now back at that place looking into the promised land. And they're saying this time, will we trust God? Will we go forward? We go across. And Moses has led the people. And now they're there. And when you get to Deuteronomy 29, and this is over in this series, this is kind of this last speech of Moses. It it is powerful in 29 and 30 and 31 and 32, and then you got this song in 33, and and you just see Moses' heart come out here. And you think about some of the famous speeches that have happened of all time, or you think about the things that you would say, kind of some of your last words, or some of the things you would pass on. And, And you know, that's just amazing. And you think about, here's Moses pouring that out to the people. I I don't know if you guys know this, but there's kind of a big football game today. I don't know if you kind of seen any advertising or anything, but right? So the Super Bowl is happening today. And, and what's pretty cool is this, is there's, there's a couple from our church that's there. Uh, and, and it's an amazing story, okay? They are in our church and um, actually in our community group. And the dad, for Christmas, gave his little son some football cards. 
And so the dad, Derek, gives his son football cards, and, the, and he's looking at them, and then the dad thinks, well, there's a sweepstakes here to win tickets, you know, and so he thought, well, I'll just enter in. So he jumps on his iPad, enters in, and two weeks later, they call back and say, hey, you have actually are in the top 10. They said, we need, you, we, need a, we need a kid reporter. So he looks at his daughter, who's 10, and says, hey, do you want to try this? And she's like, sure. So they make this two-minute video, send it in, and Trent Dilfer calls them two weeks later and says, you guys won. You're going to be our kid reporter. And so last Sunday, Derek and Natalie, his 10-year-old daughter, were here at church. After church, this football card company flies them to Minneapolis. They spend the entire week together there in Minneapolis. They're on media row the entire day. Natalie is asking questions to all the players and the coaches the whole time. And today they're going to the Super Bowl. And I was thinking, wow, that's amazing. All the guys are like, are you kidding me? You know, like, where's my football cards, right? Yeah, but... But it's like unbelievable. And so we just got this clip of Natalie asking a question here to Tom Brady. Watch this. All right, we're here with Natalie, our Panini Super Bowl kid reporter winner. And it is opening night of the Super Bowl. Are you ready to go crush some interviews? Uh-huh. What do you want to do? Talk to Tom Brady. You want to talk to Tom Brady? Guess what? We're going to do that. Yay. What's up, Tom? Hey, this up, is man? Natalie. She's our this year's Super Bowl kid reporter. Give him, yeah, give him a pass. How are you, Natalie? She's got a cool question for you. Um, who is the most inspiring woman in your life? The most inspiring woman in my life? Oh, man. For question. Jeez. <laughs> I'd say my mom and my wife. I mean, they—they're amazing. Uh, man, they're both amazing in their own way. My wife loves my mom too, so she's like the. You're winning more than just football games. <laughs> my mom can do no wrong in my wife's eyes, and uh, and my wife can usually do no wrong in my eyes. So that's a great question. I love. Uh, I have a lot of support, and I have three sisters. I have girls all around me. And I have a little daughter that bosses me around too, so probably just like you boss around your dad. Give me a card. Here's your Super Bowl 52 card. That's Thank your you. card for. I know you got a ton of those now, but that's this year. Thank you very much. You're nice awesome. to meet you. Thank you. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I mean, Natalie's cool points just went way up at school, you know? It's like <laughs> unbelievable. So, you know, I think how awesome that is, but, but what I love is that, like, man. Natalie gets eight days with her dad, and her dad gets eight days right there with Natalie. Just all expenses paid. Like, thinking, how awesome is that? How fun that is for those two to get to be together. But now, if I had a question, right, and I was there, you know what my question would be? I would go to the coaches, and I would say this. What are you going to say to your players before the game? I mean, you have spent all this time preparing them, right? You have been off-season. You've been training. You've been working out. You've gone through all the plays. They know the playbook forward and backwards. What are you going to say to them to get them inspired, to get them ready to play the biggest game for most of them in their life, right? What are you going to say? Well, I want you to take that and multiply it by 10, okay? Because as, as cool as the Super Bowl is, it's fun. Probably in about five years, you're not even going to remember who won this game, the Super Bowl. But, but here, Moses is talking to the children of Israel. And God has already told Moses, Moses, you're going to die. You're not going to be able to go in and lead the people in. In fact, it's going to be somebody else. It'll be a guy named Joshua, which we'll see in a couple of weeks. And so Moses' last opportunity to talk to the people is right here. 
And he's been with these people as they've come out of Egypt. He's been with them. He's been with them in their disobedience, and he has prayed for them. He has fought for them. And now this is his last opportunity to speak for them. I mean, you, you got to think, like, I mean, this is like a mom or dad, right? Your kid's going off to college. You're like, I just want you to know this. I just want you to know. I mean, like, you're going off, right? Or this is like a grandparent, right? And, and, and their grandkids are gathered around them, and they're going, hey, listen, I want you to know this. If you don't know anything else in life, I want you to get this. That's Deuteronomy 29. So let's unpack it today. Look over here. It says this in verse one. It says, these are the terms of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with the Israelites in Moab. In addition to the covenant he made with them at Horeb, Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, all right, a couple things if you're taking notes. Number one is this. Moses was the leader of God's people from Egypt to the edge of the promised land. Moses has led the people. He knows them. And now he's saying to them, guys, it's not just gonna be a physical battle we go in. There's gonna be giants in the land. Yes, there's gonna be times that we're gonna have to fight and stay strong. But it's gonna be a spiritual battle. And I want you to know that. I want you to be ready for that. And that's why he says, number two, right? He says this. A covenant is an agreement, a contract, a commitment, a pledge, and a promise. He says, these are the terms of the covenant. He says, guys, don't forget that God made a covenant with us. You know, in your life and in my life, God invites us into a covenant relationship with him. It's through his son, Jesus. And you and I enter into that covenant relationship. It's the most important relationship in our life. It impacts everything, right? The only other covenant relationship we enter into is a covenant of marriage. It, you see that in this contract, this commitment, this pledge, and this promise. Then here's the third thing I want you to see. This is a, God made a covenant with his people at Mount Sinai. Notice this. He says, the Lord commanded Moses to make this. It's God who takes initiative. It's God who comes to us. And we can never forget that, right? It's God who loves us more than we even love ourselves. And he's going, remember this, that God is with you. That God is with you. And then here's what Moses does. Moses shows the people how God has taken care of them already. Look, he says, your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh and all his officials and to all his land. With your own eyes, you saw great trials, those miracles, signs, and great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or ears that hear. And during the 40 years that I led you through the desert, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord, your God. And Moses comes back and he says, guys, open your eyes. Not just your physical eyes, open your spiritual eyes. Look at what God has done for us. We've been walking around this desert for 40 years and your clothes didn't wear out. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that? I mean... They didn't run down to Target and get a new outfit. I mean, like they, they, not the same clothes, and they didn't wear out. Their sandals, he says, your sandals didn't wear out. He says, look, you didn't have bread to eat. You didn't have a five-course meal. You didn't have wine to drink, but God sustained you. He gave you manna. He gave you quail. He gave you water from a rock. I mean, feeding a million people in a desert. <laughs> he goes, think about what God's done for you. And here's the thing. I just want you to get this, and then... God takes care of his people. God 
takes care of his people. And maybe you feel like, man, I'm in this desert, and I don't know if God even knows or sees. Oh, yeah, he does. Think about this. Think about what all God has done for you. You know why we gather each Sunday when we come in here, and it's a time to worship, but it's really a time for us to respond back to God for who he is, his sovereignty, his grace, his redemption in our life, but also for what he's done in our lives. And guys, we are all so blessed, and when we open our eyes, we look around, we go, wow, God, thank you for this past week and the joys, but even the struggles. God, you were there and breath in my lungs and health and the things that God, providing a job and a car that maybe didn't break down this week. And, and God, all the ways you've taken care of me. In fact, God, just by virtue of where I live, I'm in the top 5% of people in the world. God, thank you. Thank you. So Moses says, hey, guys, open your eyes. Look at what the Lord is doing. And then he says these four things. First of all, he comes along and he says, align their priorities now. Align your priorities now. Look at verse nine. He says, carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. All of you are standing today in the presence of the Lord your God. He says, guys, this is the time now. Align your priorities now. Here's the, here's the fact. The fact of the matter is this. You don't wait until you cross the Jordan. You align now. You, you don't wait to get, see, here's what Moses knew. Moses knew when they were getting inside the promised land that God was gonna kind of run the people out, right? And God was gonna give them, you know, houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant. And he goes, you're gonna get there. You're gonna have a lot of prosperity and you're gonna forget about God. You're gonna get there, and you're gonna start seeing all the stuff and all the things, and I know that if you don't align it now, you'll forget. You'll move on. You don't wait until the battle, you prepare now. You don't wait until the battle, you prepare now. There are gonna be battles to fight, right? There were gonna be battles that they were gonna walk in and have to fight. And it wasn't that they, hey, you know, I'm gonna figure out how to use this thing. You know, I mean, I, I, gotta, I gotta figure this out, you know, when the battle happens, you know, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out how to use this. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe I can trip people up with it, I don't know. It, no, Moses is going, you prepare now. You, you learn how to use this thing now. You get ready now. Because yes, there's gonna be battles to fight. Yes, there's gonna be things that are gonna happen. But you get ready now. And spiritually, that is so important for us. A lot of times we think, well, you know what, I'll, I'll get serious with God when, you know, things get hard or there's a crisis or there's something that really happens, then I'm going to call it to God and God's going, whoa, 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 no now. Right where you are, maybe in a good season or maybe a tough season, but you align now. For us, that's why it's so important we're here at church. It's so important for us to say, hey, this is going to be something, you know, God says it's important. I'm going to be here and be committed. Hey, this is so important for me to have my kids having a spiritual foundation. And when they grow up, they grow up in the Lord and they know truth and they know what's right and wrong and they understand God's word because I'm not gonna just wait till they face a crisis when they're dating one day, when they get married. I want them now to understand to have that foundation now. And that's what God is calling us to. And Moses says, hey guys, I want you to get this. I'm pouring into you. I, I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm not gonna be there with you then. I want you to get this now. I want you to get this now. Here's the second thing he tells them. Moses challenges them to keep God first. Moses challenges them to keep God first. Come over here 
to verse 12. He says, you are standing here in order to enter a covenant with the Lord your God, a covenant the Lord is making with you this day and sealing with an oath to confirm you this day as his people that he may be your God as he promised and you as he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, guys, God's made the covenant with you. I want you to know that. I want you to understand that. And so Moses challenges them, keep God first. Now, when we talk about this covenant, what is this covenant? Well, when they came out of Egypt, God met them at Mount Sinai. And God gave them this covenant relationship. God said, I'm gonna be your God, you be my people. Right, I've got a special plan for you as my people. I'm gonna use you in a great way, but I want you to understand how to live. And and so then they come in, right, and they don't go into the promised land and that generation starts to die off. And so if you go back to Deuteronomy chapter five, so leave your finger there at 29, we're gonna come back to it. But Deuteronomy chapter five, Moses goes over the covenant with them. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter five, this is kind of the second speech of Moses here in Deuteronomy. Moses summoned all of Israel and he said, Hear, O Israel, the decrees and the laws I declared you're hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. That's Mount Sinai. It was not with our fathers that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. He says, hey, guys, it's not your father's faith anymore. Maybe for some of you, you grew up in a great household and it was Christian and praise God so grateful, so thankful, but at some point it becomes your faith. At some point it becomes your relationship with God, your covenant relationship with the Lord. The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. At that time, I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So God says, hey guys, never forget what I've done for you. Never forget that you were slaves. You had no way of getting out of being a slave. But I brought you out. And you know, for those of us who are in Christ, isn't that so true? We were dead in our sins and our transgressions. We were slaves to sin. It was God who set us free. The freedom that we have in Christ. And then he goes into the 10 commandments. Now I want you to see this, that the contract stipulations Back for the covenant here in the Old Testament were the Ten Commandments. I mean, that's what they were. The first commandment, he says, you shall have no other gods before me. No other gods. So the question comes to us today is this. Is there anything you are putting before God? If you are honest in your heart and your life, is there anything you're putting before God? Maybe money or career or success, or a boyfriend, or a girlfriend, or a potential boyfriend, or girlfriend, or a spouse, or children, and not that any of these things are bad. Praise God for all these are gifts from him, but is he still first? Is he still the priority of your heart and of your life? And then he goes on, he says, hey, here's the other ones, right? Don't make any idols. Don't have any idols. Hey, don't misuse the name of the Lord. Observe the Sabbath day. Good job. You're doing that. Way to go. You know, honor your father and mother. That's a big one, right? No time expiration on that one. Like when you get into middle school and you know more than your mom and dad. No. Still says honor your father and mother right there. You know, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. That has big implications, doesn't it? You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Don't lie. You should not 
covet your neighbor's anything. And he says, guys, God entered into a covenant with you. And God's not some cosmic killjoy saying, hey, I don't want you having fun. God actually knows how this works. God created you. He created this world. He knows how you will prosper. So trust him, Moses says. And then Moses comes here to this. Moses says, your commitment to the covenant will impact others. Look at verse 14 of Deuteronomy chapter 29. He says, I am making this covenant with its oath. Not only with you who are standing here with us today in the presence of the Lord, our God, but also with those who are not here today. Moses goes, man, you are gonna impact others. And you're hearing this covenant, understanding this covenant is gonna make a difference if you live it. Think about the people who will come after you. What will your legacy be? What will your legacy be? What, what will you be known for? This week, I went to two different funerals. Uh, one of my good friends in the church, and his mom went home to be with Jesus, and another guy in our church, a good friend, had, his dad went home to be with Jesus th- this week. And you know, it was interesting being at, at both the funerals, being with them, being there, and praying with them, and, and, and those things that people walk through. But, but both of these, this, this grandmother and this, great-grandfather, this man's dad was 101 years old. And being with all the family, and, being all the family, and nobody talked about like their past performance reviews that they got in their jobs. Nobody talked about you know, like their bonus structure that they had to deal with. Nobody talked about their GRE scores. And yeah, it, it wasn't top, you know, those things are important. You wanna do well in your career and those things. But you know what they talked about? What kind of grandmother she was. They talked about the time that they spent with their mom or with her dad growing up. They, they talked about how generous and kind they were, the memories that they had, and I just thought, wow. We can get so caught up in the other stuff that we miss what's really important. Moses is saying, don't miss it. Your children are the message you're sending into the future. So what kind of message are you sending? What kind of message are you sending? Here's the next thing Moses tells them. He says, your obedience to the covenant has blessings or consequences, look at verse 19. He says, when such a person hears the words of this oath, he invokes a blessing on himself, and therefore thinks, I will be safe even though I persist in going my own way. This will bring disaster on the watered land as well as the dry. He goes, guys, listen, listen. When you keep the covenant, there are blessings from God as we keep his covenant. There just are. Read it over and over again. Talk to people who live it. There are blessings that come. Our God is a gracious God. Our God is a loving father. Our God loves to take care of his kids. Just as you who are parents, you love to take care of your kids. That's what God does with us. There are blessings. But guys, there are also consequences if we don't. And Moses says to the people, hey, it's one thing for you to hear it and go, yeah, that's great, but I'm going to persist in doing my own thing, right? Genesis 3. Okay, God, that's fine. I'm going to persist in going my own way. He goes, listen, there's consequences for that. Think about this. You're going into a land where you're going to be dependent on rain. Who provides the rain? So often we think, well, I'm in control. I do it all myself. I've got this handled. Do you? None of us know what tomorrow holds. Or the next day, or the next day, or the next month, or the next year, except the one who is already there. 
And for us to trust in the sovereignty of God and for us to say, God, I'm going to hold on to you. God, I'm going to put you first. That's why God comes along and says, hey, align your priorities. Moses says to the people, get it done now before you move in there. You know, in our lives, our priorities, it's God first. Uh, God first in everything, in every area. Secondly, our spouse. Those are the two covenant relationships, God and our spouse. And then third, our children. And then fourth, our work, our career. And then fifth, the friends and all these things that kind of go down and you can see that. But, but what happens a lot of times, and there's consequences to this, when we begin to put work over God. And we go, God, yeah, great, thank you, but I got the job now. I know I prayed really hard and you gave me the job. That's great, I'll handle it from here. I'll go and do whatever I want to. I'll go make decisions, whatever. I mean, I'll go wherever they lead me. And the company's now kind of ruling me. And I'm going that way. And God's going, whoa, 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 hello. But sometimes we pray and God blesses us with kids. And all of a sudden we put the kids over the spouse. And we're like, you know what, honey, it's great. We had time. But now I got the kids. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I've got a good friend. And this is this rule. When he walks into the house and you know, his kids after work and his kids all run up to him, run up to him, and he goes, whoa, 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 I'm kissing your mom first. I'm kissing your mom first. I want, I want my kids to know that she's first because see, one day, we don't want to think about it, I don't want to think about it, you know, but, but these kids are going to grow up, they are going to go off to college, and then it's going to be you and her, you know, you're just going to be like us, right? And so we want to keep that in alignment with God first. My marriage, right? And kids, and career. And when we get those things out of alignment, Yikes. And that's why Moses says, you get ready now because there's gonna be more to come and there's gonna be other challenges that are gonna happen, but now. Now here's the cool thing, here's the cool thing, right? If you love word study, but the Hebrew word devar, that, that's the word Deuteronomy, okay? It's just this word devar and it means word or speech. So, so like when you say, hey, Deuteronomy, you're actually saying devar, you're actually saying the speech, the word of the speech. And how powerful is this? Our covenant now in the New Testament with Christ, our covenant with God is through the word, Jesus Christ, his son. It tells us in John chapter one, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And if you go to John chapter one, when Jesus enters the scene, it's capitalized, that word, logos in the Greek, but if you go back to the Hebrew, devar, and it's like Jesus just steps off the page. Here I am. Here I am, and our covenant with God is through Christ Jesus. So if you've been trying to get to God by doing good works, by trying to be a good person, that's fine, but you're not gonna get there. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all in total depravity, and it's God and his sovereignty has come to us, and there comes a time when we receive the gift that only God can give. And when you and I enter into that covenant relationship, God says, make ready. Make ready because, listen, there's going to be great things ahead. There's going to be some challenges. And I want you to be ready now. I want you to be ready now. Somebody once said, we're all either in a crisis, maybe you're here today and you're in a crisis, or we're coming out of a crisis, or we're going into a crisis, you know, that there's just challenges that come. And so God says, I want you to be steadfast in me. I want you to hold on to me. I want you to develop the discipline now. And not just for the physical battles 
that will come, but for the spiritual battles will come. That's why we say, hey, be in a church and make that commitment now. Because there's going to be time, man, I'm going to need my brothers and sisters. Now I make this commitment that, hey, I'm going to put some blocks on my phone. I'm going to put some blocks on my computer just so I don't even go there because there's going to be some temptations that are going to come. And maybe right now this is a good place for me, but, man, I don't even want to see that. I'm putting them on now. You know, right here in my life, I'm going to take the effort to get up early and spend time with the Lord, you know, and pray and read God's word because I know there's going to be some things that are going to come up and I want to be ready now. You know, I want to learn to tithe. I want to learn to give my first 10% back to God because there's going to be a time where God's going to give me more and I'm going to have a lot and it's going to be more challenging then, but I want to be faithful now. And God says, if you're faithful with little, he'll give you more, but I want to learn now, you, you know what? I want to talk to my kids about dating now before they start dating. I don't want them in the midst of the battle and the dating and the pressure and trying to figure it all out then. I want to have conversations with them now. I want to model for them how to love now. I want to model for them how to treat women now. You know, I'm not going to wait until they're 16 and spend a lot of money just on driver's education so that they can figure out how to drive I want them to also be ready for the freedom that comes. But I got to do that now. And it's not easy sometimes having those conversations. It's a lot easier to talk about sports. It's a lot easier to talk about the weather or the stock market or whatever else. But, but I'm going to do that now. You know what? I'm going to pray with my spouse. And I know that's a challenge but sometimes, but I'm going to take that initiative. I may not think that I know enough, but, but I'm going to do that now because there's going to be times in the future that we're going to need each other. We're going to... We're going to need to be there for one another. I, I want to do that now. And in your life and in my life, are we ready now? Are we investing in what matters? Are we investing in what's going to last now? Here's what the Apostle Paul would say to us in Ephesians chapter 6. For those of us who are Christ followers, for those of us who are believers, he comes back and says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that you, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. And he goes in, there, and he starts talking about the armor of God, and I wish we could just spend all day unpacking it, because it's amazing, the belt of truth that you put on. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, the breastplate of righteousness to cover your heart, to know that you are loved, to know that God has a purpose for you, your feet fitted with readiness to step into spiritual conversations, to be bold, the helmet of salvation, to know that your eternity is secure. You don't have to worry about this world. God's got this. Hold on to him, the shield of faith. Right? When the arrows come from the Satan, you can hold strong when those temptations come and the sword of the Spirit and on all occasions that you pray and just say, God, you're with me and you're for me. Because here's the truth. Hebrews 9, 27 says this. It is appointed unto all men to die. And after that, to face judgment. And we don't like to talk about it, but the fact of the matter is this. One day, we're going to stand on the edge of that Jordan River. It's appointed to all men. We got an appointment coming. And we don't want to just step across the Jordan and go, hey, God, good to see you again. I met you when I was eight. I'm 80 now. I don't know what I did for all my life, but, 
But here I am, you know, and, and God's going, what? You know, I mean, we don't want to do that. We want to have lived a life when we stand on that edge and we're ready to go that we say, hey, we are ready. For the glory of God, the people who've come behind me, they know Jesus and their lives are being impacted and they're walking with the Lord. I'm ready. I've made peace with God. I've made peace here. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? God is here. And God loves you more than you even love yourself. And he's got an incredible plan for you. He's writing a beautiful story in your life. I tell you, your best days are ahead. But make ready now. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Just for a moment. Right where you are. Are you ready? Maybe for you this morning, it's a, it's a day of salvation. And you just say, God, I've been trying to be good, but I realize I, I'll never be good enough. I need you. I need your grace and your mercy. God, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse my heart, my life, I'm yours. Maybe for you, you kind of think about it and you go, man, my, my priorities have gotten off. <laughs> I, I used to have God first and maybe my spouse second or then my kids, my career, but somehow it's kind of flipped upside down and this morning, God, I just want to put you first. God, I trust you. You're writing a beautiful story of me and you're not done. So God, let me make a difference in this day, in this generation. Let me live my life for you, God. And so Father, here we are, your disciples. And just as Moses challenged your people back then, God, you are speaking to us today. And I pray that our hearts will be open. I pray that our eyes will be open to you. Speak to our hearts, God. God, you're writing a beautiful story. Don't let us miss it. Don't let us settle for things that are so little, the things of this world. But God, let us hold tight to you and your love and your grace. So God, speak to us right now in this moment that we spend with you being grateful, thankful, and holding on 